Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. What beautiful Mother's Day services we've had already. I tell you, it's been so good what God has been doing. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for all that's taking place at Faith Renewed Church, man. Just continue to hear stories of how the Lord is at work. I was told after service, our uh, first service, that someone uh, had given their life to Christ between the services. Last week, between services. So last week, between services. So again, the Word got in them, the heart transforming. So again, just... Praise the Lord, man. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful that you're here. If you are here for the very first time, we want to say thank you for being here. Whether it's in the room, whether you're joining us on our online family today, we're just glad you're here. And we truly are blessed. Don't take it for granted that God has sent you here today. And so Faith New Church, would you let all of our first-time guests know you love them this morning? Amen. If we have not already connected with you, please stop by Connections area here to my right, and I would love just to get to meet you, get to know you a little better, and again, just say thank you for being here. But I just want to, today, I'm going to be doing something, I'm going to be passing the mic today uh, to someone in this room today, and we're going to be letting her speak a word to you guys. And I'm telling you, it's an on-time word. I tell you what God is going to do in you, and this is going to be to every person in the room today. You need to open your heart today because God's going to speak to you. I believe that. But I do want to say this. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Amen. If you are a mom in this room, please remain seated. But I want every other person in the room, if you can do it, stand to your feet and give a standing ovation and make some noise for all the moms in this room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And I As you're seated, turn around and tell them, say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're a spiritual mom, that's huge around here. We talk about that. We use that term. You may not be a physical mother, but if you're a part of a dream team around here, you're influencing our young people. You're influencing the people of this house. And so, again, you're a part of a family here at Faith Renewed Church. So, again, we consider you spiritual mothers and fathers and so thankful for you. And I'm blessed. I've been blessed, uh, again, to have a mom who loved me, to marry a beautiful woman who is an incredible mother, and uh, I'm so thankful for her. And today we have another incredible mom who's going to be sharing. She's a spiritual mom. She is a, she's a foster mom. She's a mom, biological mom, all these things. And if you don't know our student pastors here, Pastor Bill and Miss Emily are some of the greatest people on the planet called Earth. Amen. They really are. They really are. And so today, I want Miss Emily to make her way to the stage, and she's going to share a word with you. And as she does, let her know it. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. I have a whole nother level of respect for my husband and for Pastor Terry. I don't, I don't see how they both do it week after week. Thank you, Pastor Terry, for giving me this opportunity. When Pastor Terry asked me to, to um, speak on both, both Sundays, or both services, I called Bill and I said, did Pastor Terry say anything to you last night about me speaking? He said, no, what? I said, yeah, he's asked me to speak. And Bill's like, you always told me, just go for it. And I was like, oh. And so I said, but what am I going to speak? And Bill says, Emily, you have a story. And I said, oh. And immediately the enemy just came, you know, you don't have a story. You know, what, what do you think? You're going to get up there. You're going to fail. You're going to embarrass yourself, which is okay because it's all glory for God. Amen, God. So I told Bill, I said, I'm going to call him, make sure that he, 
he really meant to send it to me. So that's what I did. I, I called him. I said, Pastor Terry, kind of chuckling. He goes, yes. I said, did you mean to, mean to send me to ask me to preach next in a couple of weeks? He said, Emily, I always look up my text messages twice and the person I'm sending to, and then I send. He said, yes, and kind of chuckled. I said, oh, boy. And so I told him, I said, oh. And I really couldn't say no to Pastor Terry. You know what I mean? He's like, and Pastor Terry goes, Emily, you're just what he said. You're a mom. You're a mom of many different avenues. And he said, you're going to be or something. I don't know what he said. But anyways, it, it, now I'm a little bit nervous. So I, got, I told him, I said, Pastor Terry, so I'll, I'll tell you two things. I'm probably good for 30 minutes. I've never done this before. I said, and I won't speak as long as my husband, Bill. And he said, that's a good thing. So I was in right away. But I'm coming to you today as a mom, and I want to recognize that I know Mother's Day means a lot to different people. When I was on the altar praying before, um, during the worship, the Lord spoke to me. Some of you moms in this room, and some people in this room, Mother's Day isn't, isn't a, a joyous time for you. You've, you've had a lot of pain in being a mom, or if you're a child, maybe your, your mom wasn't the mom that should have been. I know I live with re- some regrets. When I was little, you know, Mom's Day was everything. I made the cards just like my wonderful little beautiful foster children did for me today. But I, it, it just meant a lot of different things. My mom passed away. It meant hurt and pain. And then when I became a mom all over again, it, it, was, it was wonderful. I loved receiving the, 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 the things and God reminded me about Mother's Day. But I understand that sometimes Mother's Day, especially if you don't have children. I remember being 24, 25, I didn't have, have any children. So I recognize that, and God recognizes that it's more importantly. But he loves you, and he has a story for you, and he has a plan for your life. God is in control. God is in control. I want to start out by saying how that I am such a different person than I was five years ago. I would have told him flat out no if he would ask me five years ago. There's no way I would have been up here. But God has changed me, has set me free. He brought, he brought us to faith renewed. When we were broken, we were so broken. We'd been just searching for churches for about two years. God, Bill told me, he said, Emily, he said, tomorrow we're going to try Faith Renewed. And I said, Faith Renewed, where's that at? Now, we lived right at the children's home, Church of God Children's Home. And that was a whole other endeavor God had put before us. He said, Emily, every time you go by, by, you drive by it probably two or three times a day when you go to QT, which he didn't lie about that. (laughs) So, I got to get a drink. I don't know. Sorry. So we came to Faith Renewed, like I say, broken, oh, broken. But I knew we had to be going to a church. We just jumped and jumped and jumped. So when God brought us here, we were broken. We were torn apart. I didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. I just wanted to be myself. I even told God, God, don't ask me to get involved. I will not get involved. Don't, don't ask me to. Don't ask me to get friends. I don't want to be hurt anymore. I was, I was, I'd been hurt, church hurt. But God opened the door for us to come in. He loved us unconditionally. People here, it's a safe place. There's not another place like Faith Renewed. And I've been to a lot of churches. And I started under some, a lot of pastors. Pastor Terry and Angel are amazing people. And at this time, I just want to, Angel to stand up. I know she doesn't want to do this, but... You know, we have a beautiful, beautiful pastor's wife here, the mother of this house. Last, last night when I was sitting there thinking, why did I say yes? Why did I say yes? 
angel texted me and said, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say tomorrow, Emily. That's the kind of person Angel is to me, and I know to so many other people. She loves unconditionally. I thank you for that, Angel. So coming to Faith Renewed, God just started stirring stuff up. I was like, I was at a chair every Sunday, and Pastor Terry was just talking to me, just talking to me. He started, God started moving some of the strongholds, started moving some of the walls that I had put up. Then I started getting involved. And then Pastor Terry and Angel asked us to go out for dinner. The former youth pastor had left. In the back of my mind, I thought, oh, he's going to ask us to take over the youth. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Lord, I said, never do that again. So we met with them, and we said yes. <laughs> and I tell you what, it has been such a privilege. And I know you see our youth down here. Caden Dance is a little wild and crazy. <laughs> And I love it, I love it, I love it, because I know Caden's story. And when you know their story, you know why Caden can come down here and look a little crazy and wild. And I can laugh a little bit, but I know he's been set free because he had the guts to share his story to hopefully, and he did, to help other people. And that's the only reason why I'm up here, to glorify God, to share my story. And there's a lot of our youth that I could, I could tell have been, has been set free and they have, they have callings and giftings on their life. And it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of that. Our youth are on fire, guys. Our youth are on fire. Yes, go ahead and clap for Jesus. That's right. And then I think about Faith Renewed and how they've just poured into our, our, our own kids. Poured into our own kids. Grace would go with us on to Heather's Monday night Bible study. And the first time she was kind of quiet, but Grace was kind of quiet. Until she gets going and watch out. I said, Grace, you, can, you know, you can talk. She said, Mommy, I just love listening to the stories the women are telling. I just love listening to the stories. And see, what you're doing, you're investing into her and not even knowing it. You're investing in her not even knowing it. And I think about my young, my young children. Joseph is a handful. We all know that. But time after time after time, they love him. And when I pour out my heart to faith, and telling her the struggles. Faith has always been one to encourage me. And I thank you for every single children's pastors back there. Sean, amazing. Stephanie, Brent, you guys are just amazing. I thank you for that. Thank you. I want to talk about how God has set me free. Completely, completely free. I'm not the same person. I am not the same person in the name of Jesus. I went to this conference, um, Woman of Fire, in September. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And when um, Lauren asked me, like in April, the year before, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go, go. So exciting. And Lauren, yeah, we're going to go have fun. And the closer I got to it that weekend, that week, I was like, I'm not going. Bill's like, you're going. I said, Bill, uh-uh, I don't want to go. Try to make every excuse. And you don't need to be with the kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. And God was like, no, you're going. And the only reason why I didn't back out was because I had to drive the bus. Like, I was the woman that could drive the bus. I had somebody ask me, have you ever drove a bus before? I'm like, yeah, I have a big bus at home. So I, I had to drive the van. It's really not a bus. I was so mad. And Yolanda can testify for this. She had to sit in the front seat with me while I was driving. I didn't speak a word. Yolanda, what do you think about me, girl? But you thought, Lord, have mercy. Everybody was back talking and laughing, having fun. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. But you know what? God was setting me up. He was setting me up to experience 
the first of many, many, many. The first of what I continue from faith renewed, faith renewed on. I went there, and I don't even know what the pastors talked about. But I know that at um, one point they said for all the leaders of the church to come up. And so I remember Amy particularly, a couple other, go, you got to go up there, go up there, go up there. So I went up there. And the night before, a lady spoke to me and said, God is beginning to work in you. Like, yeah, yes, he is. He'd rock my, rock my world. Went up on that stage. This lady came and prayed for me. And she said, God told me that you're, he's going to do heart surgery. He said, you have some deep, deep wounds in your heart. I shook my head, yes. And she said, he's going to do a deep work in your life. About that time, she laid hands on me. Boom, I was out. <laughs> just like that. And I remember the Lord telling me, so gentle, because he's a gentle God. He's a gentle God. He'll meet you right where you're at. He said, Emily, he said, I'm going to show you clips of your life, the things that hurt you. And every time I show you a clip, I want you to lay that down at my feet. Lay that down at my feet and say, I forgive. Okay, God. So it was like I was in a movie theater. God would show me those clips of things. And a couple of things I thought, I told God, that didn't hurt me. I don't remember that hurt me. Some things I didn't remember. And God would say, yes, yes, it did. A deep, a deep wound. So I laid it down, came back up free. I mean, just un, unexperienced. I can't even tell you and share with you. Unless you've been completely free, then, then, then you, if you've been free, you know, you know. And that's what God desires for each of you. He's no respecter of persons. Some, some people in this room think, oh, that's a good story, Emily. That's for you. But I've been, I've been this, I've been that. No. God wants to set you free, and God wants to set you free today because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. When the world tells you, oh, you just have to live like that, or I'm sorry. No, God loves you and wants to see you set free today. Came home. I promise you, all the conferences, I've been to many conferences, the same powerful Holy Spirit was at that conference, met us right here. And you know why? Because there was a hunger. There was a hunger. There was a hunger. That same Holy Spirit shows up every Sunday. I mean, this, it's getting crazy in here. I mean, some Sunday, I mean, it's cra- every, every Sunday, it's getting crazy in here. So I came back on fire for the Lord. Um, still just battled back and forth battled. Um, but I knew that he had entered, done some mighty inner healing. That was just the beginning. That was just the beginning of the process. And when Pastor Terry asked me to, to preach, um, I can't even say the word preach. It sounds so official. When Pastor Terry asked me to preach, he had no idea the work those 10 days that God would do in my life. No idea the work he would do in those 10 days. I got to a certain point in my sermon, and I just weep and cry and cry and weep. And the Lord said, Emily, you need deliverance. The enemy has bound you with, with feeling of inadequacy, feeling of, of guilt and shame. All those things. He said, you need deliverance. It just so happens I gave him the test for, to four students. And this little girl came up to me and she said, Miss Wireman, she said, um, I have a lot of anxiety. I never, I never taught her. I said, okay. And she said, my mom has anxiety. My little sister, she's starting to have anxiety. And I got a lot of depression. And immediately, like, ooh, you know, guard. And I said, honey, I said, you know you don't have to live with that, right? I said, what church you go to? Because I kind of, you know, wanted to feel, you know, feel the territory. Like what she said, I'm, so it was this spiritual church. I said, well, I know they talk about generational curses. I go, Jesus wants to set you free. You do not have to live with anxiety or depression in the name of Jesus. 
But right after I said that, you know what God told me? You don't have to live with that either, Emily. You don't have to live with those things that have bound you and that are stopping you, preventing you me from bringing me to work completely in your life. So I said, okay, God, call my friends, our group chat. I need to be set free. I need, I need some deliverance. Long story short, God just, just ordained every step. I tried to back out of it Saturday or t- Thursday. He sent me the scripture about today is a day for deliverance. I was like, oh, I hear you, God. I hear you, God. And he worked it all out. I'm telling you, deliverance will change your life. Inner healing will change your life. You don't know how to have to keep on going around that mountain every day. You don't have to keep on going around that mountain. I've gone around that mountain for years and years and years. That's the only reason why I'm standing up here. Because God has set me free. He wants to set you free too. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you running and chasing and chasing, chasing the world. The world can offer you nothing. The world can offer you nothing. You know what offered me? It offered me pain. It offered me shamefulness, loneliness. God will set you free if you say yes. And I thank God that Pastor Terry, I have to believe that God put me on your heart, Pastor Terry, because he knew that he wanted to finish what he'd begin. So I came to Faith Renewed, got involved. Here we are. Um, I thank my husband, Bill. God has given me, after deliverance, God has given me such a, a love for my husband that for years the enemy had robbed. I was, Bill had a kidney transplant. So during that kidney transplant, that whole kidney process, I got angry at Bill. I don't know if I even told you that, Bill. I did. I got angry at Bill because I had to, I feel like I had to take on. I felt like I had to take on, but I willingly took it on. Because you know why? Because that was that controlling spirit within me. Like I wanted you taken on. And Bill is such a gentle, gentle soul. And he has led me through through a lot of lot of craziness, led me through a lot of th- times when I when I haven't been obedient to God, but Bill has always loved me, and thank you for that, Bill. My, the title of my sermon is I'm an, imperf- I'm an Imperfect Mom in an Imperfect World Learning to Trust a Perfect God. When I say learning, it's a daily, daily, daily lesson, learning. Because every day I have to choose to say yes, that I'm going to trust God with my children. I'm going to trust God with my home. I'm going to trust God with my students. Every day is a yes. Or I could say no, but I'm learning to say more yeses than no's. I, I studied a lot of the women in the Bible. And honestly, I thought, man, I'm not that bad after studying a lot of the women in the Bible. <laughs> like, wow. You hear the stories, but until you're like really intent, like, oh, give me a word. God, give me a word. You're like, oh. But God laid Moses' mom on my heart. And in Exodus 1, it talks about how the Pharaoh had ordered for all the sons to be thrown into the Nile River. All the sons to be thrown in the Nile River. The girls could live and the sons could die, would have to die. It says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed a child in it and put him on the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. I think of the 
the moms that would have been pregnant and they gave, he gave that order or even the moms to come, can you imagine the feeling, 50, 50% chance that you're going to have to throw your, your baby into the river? You know that the river was, would mean death. 50, 50 chance that you just birthed this wonderful, beautiful son and you just had to throw him away in the river. Moses' mom, I know her and, the, her and her husband, chose to hear and listen to God. And that's a lot of times where I, I made my mistakes. God would, God would talk to me. And he would tell me things, but I didn't choose to listen at the time. And so I, I think about the, the mom and the, the dad. The story talks a lot about the mom, but I know that there's, there's good godly dads too. And the world likes to tell us that our dads aren't, aren't good and godly. And God says, yes, you are good and godly. I, I focused on the basket a lot because the basket to me represented her trust. She had to trust God when she put Moses in that basket that he was going to live. So it said she got the basket, but she put the tar and pitch. The tar and pitch represented the, the stuff that was going to make the boat, the basket float. And I can imagine her praying, God, God, I've, I've, held, I've held him for three months. I've hid him for three months. I, you, 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 told, you, told me, you told me that you have a plan for him. You told me you have a plan for him. He's be- In Hebrews it said Moses was beautiful. There's something different about him. There's something different about him. You know what? There's something different about you. Each of you are called. Each of you have a plan. You're different. Don't, don't tag on to somebody else's calling. Don't tag on to somebody else's what God has called them to do. Step out and be all who God has called you to be. And so she, she put that tar in pitch, and I can imagine her just crying as a mom. Can you, can you just think about that? Just crying as a mom. God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And her and her husband just just weeping over this baby and just praying to God. God, you have a plan. You have a plan. They saw something in him. You have a plan. So she takes the the basket down to the Nile River, puts it in the reed. That's where the the um, Pharaoh, the Egyptian women would come to bathe. And the Lord during the um, during praise and worship, which is always amazing said his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. God said, Emily, some people are standing at a distance to see if I'm really going to do what I say I'm going to do. Or some people have been told promises and God has told you things and you stood at a distance. And God is saying, step in. Get a little closer. Get a little closer. Get a little closer to me. Step in. Trust me. Trust me. Get a little closer. And some of you are still watching Hey, God, are you really going to perform that miracle? Are you really going to do that for me? Oh, you did it for other people, but are you going to do it for me? And God's saying, come a little closer. Trust me. Come a little closer. Trusting God in all things. Trusting God in all things. There may be people sitting here that have been praying and trusting God with your children, your finances, whatever it may be. Know that God hears you and is moving on your behalf. Don't give up. Imagine if Moses' mom would not have listened to God but would listen to the enemy. The enemy plans then and his plans now are to kill and destroy. The enemy does not like you. If you're doing anything for God, he does not like you. He doesn't like you if you're not living for God. He, his plans is to take you to hell with him. Culture today is like Pharaoh. It wants to take our children and tell them they can be whoever and whatever they want to be. In fact, we're in a culture now that says our children, you can wake up and you can say you can be a male or female. And that's okay. Do what you do what you need to do. 
He has purposes and plans. Our children were created in God's image. Each of us are. We are male or we are, fe- we are, male or we are female. He has purposes and plans for their life. He is the same God that created the universe, and that same God has a destiny for my life and for their lives and for your life. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're too old or too young. Now there's the time to rise up and be warriors for our faith. No longer can we sit on the sideline. No longer can we be like Moses' sister and just watch, just watch and hope. I'm in a school system, and I praise God. God is in those schools. If you're a believer, I, I, I have a, a situation where I can talk openly about my faith. I have kids that come and ask me to pray for them. I, 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 I take that with high honor in a public school system. But I've heard so many times that, time, that my time is done. Your time is not done. God is shifting people to put them where they need to be. It's a shifting season. Jump in. Jump in. It's a shifting season. He's calling people to different ministries, like, whoa, what, God, this ministry? He's calling the people to different ministries. Get a, be a part of that. Jump in and be a part of faith, faith ministries here. We have children back there. They need you. They need you. They need to tell, you need to tell them their stories, your stories. At one time, I, I, I was lost, and I gave my heart to God, or I didn't do this so well. Or my mom, my mom always would say, your sin will always find you out. Oh, she said all the time. And then she'd also say, which I have, if any of my youth know me, will know that I say this a lot. Do not be unequally yoked. Do not be unequally yoked. Do not be unequally yoked. My mom just told us time after time, because see, my mom lived that. My mom got saved when she was three years old, when I, when I was three years old, excuse me. So she lived that my dad wasn't saved. So she lived that. So that's something that my mom always, always told us, told us our kids, do not be unequally yoked. And that's why I tell our youth, God has plans for you. Do not be unequally yoked. I've seen more youth fall because of the relationships. They're on fire for God. Wow. Taking on the world. And then in two weeks, oh, I like a little girl, Miss, Miss Emily. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, this little girl. She's not a believer, but I can change her. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And he will bring the right person to you at the right time. I don't care what age you are. I don't care. God will bring the right person to you at the right time. Just wait. Just wait. And and trusting Jesus, trusting God in all things, I think about my own personal children. I have a lot of children, as you all know. We currently have 10 if you've lived with any me amount of time, I consider you my child. I would put my kids in that basket, especially my biological children. Trusting God to have his way with my children, and then I'd pick them back up. I'd put them in, I'd pick them back up. I'd put them in, I'd pick them back up. I wanted my children to, to, to be something that God didn't call them to be. I wanted my children to be perfect. I, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be the perfect pastor's wife. I thought I had to be the perfect pastor. That was a lie from the enemy that I listened to, and I soaked it in, and it, and it about destroyed me. I, I, okay. I wanted to be a parent with a lot of hurt from my past. I had some deep wounds, that, deep wounds that I was not willing to give to Jesus. I was raised by a very controlling father, Dad loved me with all of his heart. He just loved me at where he was at and how he was raised. 
he was quick-tempered and very conditional. Very, everything was conditional with my dad. Everything was conditional with my dad. My dad was very into, much into sports. My sisters and my older brother, they, they were all state and basketball players, got their uniforms. My, my one sister got her uniform um, hung on the wall. Dad was all into that. Dad wanted everything to look good from the outside. When we had our own children, Bill was in full-time ministry. I took those same traits I had been raised with and portrayed it into my kids. I did not do things perfect as, as a mom. I wanted my kids to be perfect pastor kids. I would get angry when they didn't conform to what I thought they should be. I wanted them in everything, sometimes even if, if, sometimes even if they didn't want to do those things. Sports and all those other things are not bad. But I'm telling you, sports and all those other things you get your children in, if you're not putting God first... They're all in vain. They're all in vain. They're all in vain. All in vain. Don't make the same mistakes I did in my past. Don't put any ministry above your children, only your relationship with Jesus and your spouse. The good thing about God, he's the God of grace and mercy. God of grace and mercy. And I've had to apologize to each of my children for that because I know, looking back, at the time I was doing it all for Jesus. And I was ministering to, to other people's children I forgot about my own children. And like I say, I have been set free. There's no combination in Christ, Jesus. Because the enemy, that's what he kept on telling me last week. And pastor, well, look what you did to your own children. Look at this, look at that. And I, I said, no more in the name of Jesus. I am free and set free. Now, that's a part of their story. And when they're ready to share, that that will be up to them. On the other hand, my mom was a beautiful, beautiful Christian woman. Like I said, when I was three years old, she told a story over and over to me growing up. I was a baby. See how babies are of the family of four. And mom told me, she said, Emily, she said, when I got saved, my name was Boo-Boo, my nickname. And she said, everybody would say, let me take Boo-Boo, let me take Boo-Boo. As she's walking down the, the um, altar, getting re- get, going to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she said, I held on tight to you, Emily. I wasn't, I wasn't going to let anybody take you. I wanted you to go up there. I wanted you to hear and see what God was going to do. My mom was radically changed, radically changed. She lived in some abuse that was just horrific. Her, her, her dad was, my grandpa, was an evil, evil man. But you know what? I knew about that. I knew he was different. He was evil. But I didn't find out until a lot, years, a lot of years later, even when Bill and I, after Bill and I got married, what a really evil man he was. But I never seen my mom badmouth him. I seen her at prayer meetings pray, pray for my mom, pray for my dad, pray for my husband. She wanted them to, all three to be saved. My mom also, when she left, I was I got so 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 hurt. She got diagnosed of uh, bone cancer my senior year. Oh, my life just my life just literally just it rocked my world. And it rocked my world because I didn't have a firm foundation. I didn't know really who I was in Christ Jesus. And I, I think about that. I, I, I could have went so much different, different ways. I could have hung on to God, but instead I hung on to the enemy's lies. I chose that route. And it cost me a lot in those four years that I was running wild and crazy and doing everything that, that what I was trying to do. I was just destructive, just destructive. But you know what? I was a prodigal, prodigal child, and I know my mom's prayers I know my mom's prayers. I asked her one time, we had a makeshift hospital bed when she'd come home. We were back and forth from the hospital. I said, Mom, why? Why? Why would God put bone cancer on you? 
and why you have served him faithful. I've never heard my mom say an unkind word. She was just, she was my, she, she was beautiful. She said, Emily, I don't have to ask God why, because he works everything out for his glory. And she said, I know that he's working everything out for his glory. My mama's dad told, dad was told my mom the three months, she lived two and a half years. And during that two and a half years, when she was feeling like feeling up to it, different churches, because she was in this aglow ministries and women's um, way back when, that she would go minister and, and she would in pain and pain, but she still wanted to portray God. And she, I think she knew her time was limited, so she did whatever she could. I mean, she, if there was a tree that had a soul, she was trying to talk to that tree again to say, that's how my mom was. And I remember I, after my mom died, about a week later, I was in the house, and I was just crying, 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 crying. I was just mad at God. Why are you doing this? Why would you take my mom? You know, just, just mad. I heard a knock at the door. I thought, oh, that's probably Dad. Because that time I had to be Dad's comforter, too, because my dad was just lost. My mom did everything for my dad. Knocked again, opened the door. There was a man standing in there that my dad had hired as a farm hand before my mom got sick. My mom would feed him lunch every day and minister to him every day. Dad would get mad at her every day because he, she would keep him. Because it would be a 30-minute lunch. Mom would keep him and, and, and talk to him about Jesus and pray with him. And, and I heard Dad say, oh, Sharon, I'm paying, this, I'm paying him for you to preach to him. But he, he stood there with the Bible. He was a, he was a backward guy. He stood there with the Bible. He, he said, you know, I went to jail. He said, no, I did not. He said, I want you to know your mom changed my life, and I'm so sorry that she's gone. It's okay. He said, your mom gave me this Bible, and I wanted you to have it. He said, I went to jail, and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. He said, I'm a changed man because of your mom. And at the time, I didn't know, but God was answering my why. Because God will go after the one. You know that? God will go after the one. And there's some, maybe there's some unbelievers in your house or your friends. God will go after that one. And I'm, I just know, my, my, later on, my dad got saved. But I just know all of her children got saved. I just know my mom probably had the prayer, whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes. If it means taking my life to spare the eternity, I, whatever it takes, God. So moving on my, to my second point. The next, well, this, okay. the next four years I ran, I ran hard. I was a prodigal. I gave my back, life back to the Lord at the age of 25. Remember about a week? I already told you about that. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> um, I told you it wasn't faster. My second point is divine intervention. Divine intervention. Just like when I was a prodigal running, God divinely intervened for me and for my life. I think about if I would have stayed in that mess that I was in, the hurt, the pain, the just so deep. I mean, I did things that I've only recently opened up besides my husband to some of my, some of my sisters in Christ. And oh God, God is that, that's my story. And oh God has a time and a place, but I want you to know whatever you've done, whatever you've done, God forgives you and he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. And that was part of it, pastor, that, that one of the things that I had to I had to go and let God have have that. And I appreciate you have no idea. You have no idea. Number two is divine intervention. Exodus 2. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her tenants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw a baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. 
This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go out and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine the excitement of, of his sister? Remember, she was the one watching. She was the one watching to see, okay, God, are you really going to perform? I've seen my mom and dad cry for three months, cover three months. I'm waiting to see. And then to see that with her own eyes, the plan unfold, and then God using her to step in. God wants to use some of you guys to step in, to step in. Because he needs you to perform some miracles. God can perform miracles, but he wants to use you to step in. To step in, to use, be used, part, be, to be a part of a miracle. Divine interventions happen every day. Lord, have mercy. God has opened us the door for us to be foster parents. A lot of divine interventions over the past five years has taken place. We've fostered mostly teenagers. God has allowed us to have a role and their story, their lives, for whatever amount of time we have each child, they might not realize it now, but God has divinely intervened for them. Just like Moses, God divinely inter- intervened for our foster children. We believe that every child placed in our home has a purpose and a plan. Before they leave our home, they will be presented the gospel and see a family that is not a perfect, but one that walks in forgiveness and love. When I had my God- divine interventions these past several years, Every intervention just keeps getting better and better and better. But it started at an altar when I said yes to Jesus many, many years ago when I was 25. And God wants to divinely intervene in your life. Some of you guys are keep on running around that same mountain and you can't understand why did I keep on facing the same battle? Why does this keep on coming up to me? Why, why, why? And God is saying, he, he, I want to set you free, child. I want to set you free. I don't want you to be bound to fear and anxiety. Some of, the, some of you guys, the enemy has robbed you, but you, all you have to say is yes, yes to God, yes to God, I want to be free. There's no pain or there's no hurt that God can't go in, and just like he did on that stage, passed out in front of a thousand women, heart surgery on me. That's what he wants to do for each of you as well. God released me this past year of pains, hurts, shame, loneliness, past mistakes, he told me when I was writing this sermon, I was going to write down if I could, if I could turn back time. And I thought about sharing, you know, if I could turn back time. And God said, no, 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 Emily. That has robbed you of many, many years. He said, I don't need you to turn back time. I need you to keep looking to the future. Keep your eyes focused on me. Keep praying. Keep seeking me. Because worry, co- worry has cost me nothing but time, precious time. And instead of turning that worry, instead of worrying, to turn that focus on him and giving him what I, what I worry about, giving it to him. And some of you in here, I'm not pointing any fingers, but you need to, you need to lay some things down. You need, you need to lay some things down. And God wants you to lay them down today. Don't wait. Oh, I'll do it next week. Next week never comes because then it's always the next week. It's the next week. It's the next week. My third point is letting go. So Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I'll pay you. Isn't that awesome how God, like, she's got, she got paid to nurse her own child. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew old, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So essential, Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses. 
And I think about that. Can you imagine just you you'd plant, you had put all these, you nursed him, and I'm sure the parents just said, you know, Moses, you're God's child. Moses, you're God's child. You're God's child. Don't underestimate two or three or four-year-olds. I'm telling you, they, they know. Earlier I told about how in preschool class, you know, they, they share all your dirty in preschool class, and they tell, they tell about the parents. And one day Ellie come in, and she was a little upset, and Faith was a little upset, I could tell. And I said, Ellie, had a rough day. I've had a rough day. I had a rough day. So what happened? She came up and sat on my lap. She said, Mommy wouldn't let me wear an outfit. Was she three or four? Four? Three. She's three years old. Mommy would let me wear an outfit. Mommy would let me wear an outfit. Those kids know. And so we, 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 I talked to her and just kind of laughed behind, behind the scenes. But the kids know. The kids know. They pick up on more things than what we give them credit, credit for. And I can imagine how Moses' mom, as she had to take her child, hand him over to the enemy. Remember, the Egyptians were the ones that was killing her own people. She probably, many, a lot of her friends had lost children because that was the, the order from the Pharaoh. So she had to turn him over. But you know what? Even when you think that your kids are running with the enemy or, or things aren't going right, God is still working, just like in Moses' life. He worked that all out for his glory, for his glory. And look what Moses did. He saved the Israelite people. God used him mightily because of a mom and dad's love and knowing that there was a purpose and plan for their child. They went against what the authority, what the culture would tell them to do. And they stepped out in faith and knowing that God had a plan and Moses saved his people. God has a plan for you. God wants you to let go of those things. Some of you are holding on things so tight from your past, and, and you, you're not willing to let go. I know for me, a lot of times, I like that feeling. I like that feeling is, woe is me. I was, I'm, I was hurt. You get into this rut, and the enemy just feeds into your brain, feeds into, yeah, yeah, they really hurt you. Yeah, they're nasty people. Yeah, you don't have anything to do with them. He just feeds into that, feeds into that. And God says, no, in the name of Jesus. I have a purpose. I have a plan. He has a purpose and a plan for you. Don't stay in that rut. Don't stay in that self-pity. Let God, let go and let God. The last thing I want to talk about is letting go is Rebecca, um, sweet Rebecca. I love Rebecca. She's in Alabama at the Ramp School of Ministry, now called the Ramp University. And so we went there about two or three years ago, and Becca was signed up for Charleston Southern. We had a plan. We'd done all the financial aid. She was really, grace was easy. Becca, we had to go to four colleges, and she, I can't decide, I can't decide. Well, she finally decided on Charleston Southern. I was good with that. I was really good with that, two hours away. And I remember that um, God started stirring. He started shifting her thought process. Because, see, Becca was bound with anxiety and depression. So God started shifting. He was setting, setting her up for freedom. So I remember at the ramp conference, and Steve can be my witness, this man was going around. It was after we were all praying for our groups, and he was going around just popping people's head and just whoosh, whoosh. And Becca had come to us at some point, come to me and Bill, and Bill was like, okay, we'll pray about it. And Bill, Bill was more, he's like, Emily, you, you, you got to pray about this. And it's like, no, she's not going to the ramp. ramp. We've got pauses. We got this. We got that. She's going to go to Charleston Southern. Talk about letting go. That man that 
that I was trying to run from really hide. He came and looked right at me. I turned around real quick. Because you, that's what we do when God comes after us. A lot of times we know he's looking right at us and we turn our heads real quick because we don't want, but God, God gets us every time. So I looked back and he's looking right at me and he kept on coming forward. I said, go to her, go to her, go to Rebecca. That's why I went, go to Rebecca. And then he came right to me. Boom. I was on the ground. God said to me in all his love and mercy and sternness, I felt like I got really a belt whipping. He said, Emily, how dare you go against what I've told your daughter? I've told her to come to the ramp. ramp. You will bless her. He didn't say, give me an option. You can choose a blessing. He said, you will bless her. She's going to come and she's going to get, she's going to get deliverance from anxiety and depression that she had lived with. And, and God said, you will bless her. He said, I'm going to do things as your ways are not my ways. See, it was that, it was that conditional love, unconditional love that God has for us, that conditional love that rose back that my father had portrayed and portrayed. Generational curses are real generational curses are real. If you look back and you see stuff that you're in your life that your parents and your grandparents had, recognize that because God wants you to set you free from that. So Becca went on and two years later, she is a different person. Different person. We've seen youth time after time after time be called into ministries and the parents and I was about to be that one, the one that I judged by telling I can't believe they wouldn't let me in ministry. A lot of times they don't want to be in be ministry because they don't think that's success. They're worried about their kid being having money. I was there. And I seen kids that completely ran from the Lord because the parents told them no to what God had called them to be. So the minute God said that to me, I went over to Becca and said, Becca, I love you and I bless you and I'm sorry. And I want you to be part of the ramp. Parents, if your children come to you and tell you that they're called to be something, don't dismiss that. Don't dismiss that. Embrace it. Embrace that. Embrace that. I, I, I want to, the altar time, if the prayer partners would come up or warriors or whatever you're called, come on up. You're <laughs> awesome. You're amazing. <laughs> I told you I'm not a pastor. I don't have all the right words. And at Heather's house on Monday nights, we always open up. And Heather will say, this is a safe place. And I want you to know that Faith Renewed is a safe place. I've exposed a lot of my past sins and mistakes to a lot of these women in here. And not one of them said, boy, I can't believe you did that, Emily. Or you're, you're the youth pastor's wife. Not one of them. They have loved me and embraced me, challenged me. Surround yourself with people that's going to tell you the truth. And they're going to tell you the truth. If you're going the wrong way, they're going to say, you know, you need to stop. What's wrong? What's wrong? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Don't surround yourself with people. They're going to tell you what you really want to, want to hear. Because they're, they're not your true friends. They're not your true friends. This Heather so graciously talks about, this is a safe place. This is a safe place. And I can look at the, the prayer warriors up here right now. And they are warriors. Because these are three of the women that will battle for me. Three of the women, one of the three that would battle for me anytime. There's several out there. But I, I, want, I want you to think about trusting God. Where are you at in trusting God? Everybody has to trust. Everybody has probably issues with trusting God to give them your whole, whole trust. I just feel like God is saying the time is stops to start. Stop searching. Stop searching. I'm here. I'm here. I have the answers. I have the answers. Whatever you're going through, 
God has answers every single time in my life when I thought my world was coming crashing down. I can look back every single thing. I can look back and see where God took me every single time. And he's no respecter of persons. Then I talked about number two is divine appointments. Your divine appointment today is the altar. God, nobody has to come to you. Nobody has to has to say this or that. Your divine appointment is the altar. And God has people up here that you can trust to pray with you, that'll love you. Then my third point was letting go. Some people say they want to let go, but they really don't want to let go. Are you willing to let go? Are you willing to let go and let God be all that he desires and to be in your life? Are you really willing to let go? Don't be like me and let go many, many years. Have to live and go through a lot of pain. When I finally did let go. Take hold of whatever God has for you today. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, salvation is his sole purpose. He wants to see you enter into his kingdom. Now the enemy wants to see you enter into his kingdom. So you have to decide a yes or a no. I pray to God that it's a yes. I'm just asking that every head be bowed, every eye closed. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way. Enemy, you have no control, no power, no authority in the mighty name of Jesus. 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 Say, Emily, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. But I want to know him. I want to trust him. I'm ready for that divine appointment. I'm ready to let go of my life that I'm living now that has brought me nothing but torment and hurt and pain. If you're if you're one that just says wants to say yes to Jesus, just raise your hands right now. Anybody across this room, just say yes to Jesus. many people that God is saying, I need you to lay that down. That's coming between us, my child. I need you to lay that down. I need you to trust me with your children. I need to trust you. Trust me with my marriage, your marriage. I need you to trust me with your job, with your finances. I need you to trust me with your life. And like Miriam, you've been standing at a distance and God's saying, come closer. Let me show you. Let me show you. Make room for me. That's been my theme song. Make room for me. Make room for me. Come, come. I'm just going to open these altars. Your divine appointment is down at this altar. I just want to open the altars as the praise team begins to sing. And just, just say, come, come, come. Lay, lay those things down that so easily beset you every single time. Lay them down in the name of Jesus. The altars are open for prayer. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.